The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm so glad you're with us. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae. Pastor P is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. It's okay if I call you Pastor P, isn't it? Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> We're friends. Yeah, we are friends, and okay. we are brothers. Okay. Hey, this is going to be fun today because we're going to meet a man who, whom God has called to what he does. And, of course, we talk a lot on this show about many different individuals and how they were called into the service of serving cancer patients. And certainly today's conversation is around the idea of calling and how one was called in, in a very interesting way uh, to serve cancer patients at the bedside. And so we'll, we'll, we'll have a great time with this. Yeah, we have entitled this From the Curbside to the Bedside. And that'll become obvious when you meet our guest today. But let me ask you about your calling, Percy. How did, how did you get involved with CTCA? You know, interestingly enough, a uh, very, very similar set of d- dynamics that it was not my... Uh, Uh, conscious intention to become a hospital chaplain or to work in health care from a ministerial perspective at all. I was challenged by an individual who knew me, who worked at an organization and asked, would I consider uh, doing hospital ministry? And I was like, well, maybe, perhaps, I don't know. I really don't know what hospital ministry is or what it does. I had a perception of what chaplains did or did not do, and I wasn't terribly encouraged around the idea of pursuing that. And simply because of the relationship with this individual, uh, I followed up on their recommendation, sat down, had a conversation, and and the organization, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, asked would I consider coming working for them. And I really was just as shocked as I could be hmm. and took a, uh, a, a, um, a leave of absence from my uh, other job that I had at the time because I wasn't convinced that that's really what God wanted me to do. But I said, I'll give it a shot. We'll just see kind of how that works out. And so here we are as of the recording of this show, 23 years later. How about that? And I almost miss God, my friend. God almost, is faithful. He is faithful. And he who calls you is faithful. I almost missed the will of God for my huh. life. I really did. Wow. And the man we're going to meet in a few minutes, actually, as you moved on to greater responsibilities in oversight, he actually kind of replaced you at a specific center. He absolutely did. Uh, you know, we began to work on a secession plan. Uh, I, I, I kind of had a sense that there was probably going to be a transition and a shift that would take place after so long uh, at that facility. 18 years I uh, I worked as a a hospital chaplain and as the uh, director of pastoral care. And so we began to kind of sit down and consciously talk about the possibility of uh, maybe possibly moving into this position if I should move on. And as it turned out, that was the case. That's what the Lord wanted. Absolutely. And here he is, and he's doing well. Well, we're going to meet Carl in just a few moments. I remind everyone listening that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. And we always try to be as helpful as possible. I know this is your philosophy, Percy, because you put resources into our hands that are very practical, including this week's featured resource, Hospital Visitation Tips. Now, I've read through this several times, and i got to tell you, there's, there's things on this list that every time I read it, there's something else to think about that I hadn't thought about before. It's probably one of the more personal uh, documents that, that I've put together based upon experience and based upon conversation, particularly when we began to start training local churches and leaders 
around cancer care ministry, what became very clear and apparent is though there are many people who have gone to visit people, even pastors at the bedside, who quite frankly did not know the etiquette and protocol of effective hospital visitation. So we put together this document to educate the men and women of faith how to do an effective hospital visit. And so there are tons of really good practical things, and they may seem small, but they're super effective yeah, and important. You, yeah, you may be a veteran of hospital visitation, but I'm, I just bet there's some things here that'll make you stop and think about what you're doing and how you're going about it. And we encourage everyone to download and read this document and share with individuals that will better equip you to go do an effective hospital visit next time you go to the hospital. Hospital Visitation Tips is available for download at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Com, free of charge, no obligation, health, hope, and inspiration.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. And you can do that simply by calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. For inspiration, let's turn to God's Word. And the Word of the Lord would say to us today for our spiritual nugget found in Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 13, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Today's conversation is about the love of one man to serve God's people unselfishly in the capacity of helping them work through their journey of cancer every day. Listen, and you'll discover why we've entitled our program From the Curbside to Bedside. Here's Percy with our guest. I am thrilled and excited today to have with me the manager of pastoral care at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago, uh, Reverend Carl Williamson. Welcome to the program, my friend. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Reverend Percy. It's good to have you for so many different reasons. Obviously, we have a very long um, and abiding mm -hmm. history. Uh, I, I worked yeah. at uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago as the director of pastoral care. And then, of course, mm -hmm. I moved on uh, to do other things that I'm doing now. And um, you became the manager of that department and you are still currently in that capacity. Yes. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing well. And uh, you have uh, set a pace for me. Uh, it was easy to get in place and uh, be the manager of pastoral care here. And it's been a privilege to be able to serve our patients. Well, you're you're doing great. I get nothing but good reports, and so um, I'm proud and privileged as well uh, to know that um, you were able to step right into that and, and move forward, and hopefully take the department into even greater places and, and different mm -hmm. levels of execution. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, the way that we met and how you started here is really kind of an interesting story. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to let you tell that story in brevity, if you will, on. Uh, how did you get started here at CTCA mm. and, and in the Department of Pastoral Care? Yeah, getting started at CTCA, I was an associate pastor uh, at a church. One of the staff at uh, CTCA was attending that church, and uh, I needed a part-time job. So um, 
just to help with the finances in the family. And uh, she found out about that, and she said, I know a perfect place for you to work. And I said, well, where is that? And she goes, well, it's driving limos. And I said, where? And she said, uh, at CTCA. And I didn't know anything about CTCA at that time. And uh, so I, got, I went to transportation, and that's where I started here. Mm-hmm. And I became a limo driver, and uh, I had the privilege of uh, picking up patients and bringing them to the center and getting to know them and building that relationship uh, right when they come into town. Mm-hmm. And um, during my time there, I became dispatcher, driver. Uh, one day I was going to go to lunch and I parked my limo right up against the hospital and I saw um, a gentleman, an older gentleman, helping his wife into a wheelchair out of their van. And uh, as as we normally do, all sta- staff want to help the the patients. So I um, said, can I uh, help take your wife into the, into the hospital and you can park your van? So he did allow me to do that. And her and I had a great conversation. Uh, he came back. Um, I just said, take care. Uh, it was a privilege to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a week later, I was in the staff cafeteria at the register and there was an older gentleman now wearing a tie and glasses and uh, um, he looked at me across from the register and said, are, um, are you the gentleman who helped my wife and I get into the radiation department last week? And I said, I don't think so. Cause now he's wearing a, a suit jacket okay, before so, he was wearing sweats. Yeah. So he's dressed real differently. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I said, oh, okay, that was me. And then the next words out of his mouth were, are you doing what God called you to do? Mm. And everything just went slow motion on me. And uh, knowing that I was wanting to do what God wanted to, uh, for me and my family to sure. do and looking for forward to the future, um, I said, why did you ask that question? And he said, well, I saw you reading your Bible over there, and we might have an opening in pastoral care. Hmm. You might want to put your resume in. And that was the end of that conversation. And then I kind of... Uh, shell-shocked, went down to pastoral <laughs> care, and I knocked on the door, and Reverend Percy, with the phone in his chest, he's kind of leaning out the door and said, how can I help you? <laughs> and I said, well, this is what just happened to me. And then he hesitated, as if to say, I don't know why that chaplain said this, <laughs> but he said, okay, bring your resume in. So a week later, I put my resume in, and eight months later, uh, I was walking on the floor. A CTCA. And so um, here you are now, how many years later, my friend? Almost 12, November 6th. Wow. This November 6th will be 12 years. So first of all, congratulations on your upcoming you. 12th year anniversary. Uh, and maybe we can actually label this show from limo to bedside ministry. Yeah. Uh, awesome. You've come a long way, my <laughs> friend. I'm extremely proud of you mm. and I love you and I respect you dearly. And uh, and we still work together on some yeah. other projects, obviously, but uh, you have done well. And so with that, mm. let's talk about what you do, what you have been doing. You are now leading uh, the, the pastoral care department and the chaplains in this facility who support patients and that they're most crucial hours and, mm. and their most vulnerable states. True. What has what has it been like for you? Uh, you've you've been an associate pastor. You know you're very uh, humble about your 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 background. You worked with Teen Challenge and uh, on a on a college yeah. campus site. You've done a lot of things. Um, what has it been like to do 
ministerial hospital care inside of a clinical environment. What has that been like for you? Let's talk about that. Well, it's I don't think of it as um, a clinical setting because it's kind of like you're at home. Okay. And you are um, you're working, but when you do something that you love to do, and it's and it's comes you know it comes somewhat easy. Sure. Um, it's not easy, but internally it's easy to to uh, continue to do such a work, uh, working with uh, mm-hmm. those who are facing such a journey with uh, cancer. Um, so it's a privilege to come here every day and uh, be able to help people do um, what uh, they want to do in serving patients every day and bringing mm-hmm. hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a privilege to, like you, I always thought, um, I, th- I see myself as one who, as a manager, is is plowing the way for the chaplains yeah. to be able to serve, and you did that um, very well. And uh, for me, I have great memories of that because mm. you allowed me to serve every day. But I knew that you were up front providing the opportunity mm-hmm. and for the chaplains, and so that's what I try to do every day. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then just relating with the patients, getting in the room. And, uh, and again, asking God to use me uh, as his servant to bring hope to people and encourage them. Reverend, I know you have spent a lot of quality time supporting cancer patients by actually opening up your home to many of them. Correct. But really providing really a personal touch mm-hmm. to patients. What, what does that mean to you to be able to work in an environment that allows you to give that type of quality care from a ministerial perspective? Well, I see myself as a minister to all, all faiths, yep. all religions when we're here. And um, to go in and assess uh, the needs, spiritual needs of a patient, uh, and then be able to meet those spiritual needs, mm-hmm. uh, it's very rewarding. In this environment, um, we have the freedom to uh, celebrate our spirituality. It, it's part of who we are. Mm-hmm. It's mind, body, and spirit. Right. So whatever your religion is, whatever your spirituality is, we want to promote it and 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 celebrate it and, uh, and help incorporate you, it into your clinical experience. Help help you find your spirituality again. Sometimes they've been hurt. Yeah. And uh, we as chaplains can come alongside of them to kind of help rejuvenate their spirituality yeah. and their faith in God, their faith um, in humanity again. Yes. Because they kind of go together. So we can, it's a privilege. And to do that in this setting, in this medical facility, to be able to be spiritual mm-hmm. and to celebrate it in the hallways um, and you have stories. I know you tell sure. stories in the hallways, and uh, they will. They'll just stop you and want you to pray for them. And we have the freedom to do that yeah. here yeah. at CTCA. So that's that's a that's a privilege, and, and, so, it's, and it's fun. Is there one particular patient story that that comes to mind that really left uh, an indelible impression with you? I think God's mercy is on us because sometimes those stories can be overwhelming um, in a sad way, but also uh, in a very excited way. Mm -hmm. There was a patient who um, is um, one who was educated and has experience with public speaking and 
this person wanted to talk to the manager of pastoral care and begin, even though they had a chaplain they could see, mm-hmm. they thought, well, I want to see the manager, mm-hmm. as you know how that feels. I yeah. absolutely do. And so we built a relationship per his request, and over a, over a year, um, this person would uh, continually um, request to see me. Okay. And we built a relationship and trust and just started to share things that um, that were you know, pretty much in his heart that he wouldn't share with other people. Sure. Sometimes even family. Sure. And I was blessed that he would trust me enough to be able to share certain things he sure. shared. Sure. And then even to come to the point of um, what does end of life look like right. for me, right. for him, I mean, and um, what decisions would he make when he had a, fo- when he had a fork in the road okay. of um, life or letting no, not continuing treatment. Okay. So um, that really was a privilege, and um, we still have, um, he's still with us today, and yeah. uh, we're still doing those meetings. And But there was a lot of uh, God type of conversations that were very difficult. It was end of life type of conversations. Sure. And those are difficult for a patient to come to the reality of what am I going to do? What yeah. decision am I going to make? Am I going to continue with uh, treatment or am I going to say, okay, this, this is where I'm going to stop. Right. This is, this is enough. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, thank God for you, Reverend. Thank God for your gift. Thank God for your obedience. And, uh, thank God, you know, some 12 years ago, uh, mm. as I've stated earlier, I'm going to restate it today from the curbside to the mm-hmm. bedside Yeah, that you followed <laughs> the leading and the prompting of the Spirit of God that brought Mm -hmm. you to this place. I salute you on this day, and I thank you for Mm -hmm. your service. Thank you for your faithfulness. Mm, Thank you. This has been Reverend Carl Williamson, who is the manager of pastoral care at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago. And um, today we are all blessed because of your service. Be well. Take care. That was recorded in the Chicago area. And Percy, thanks for bringing that to us on the program today. I've never met Carl, but I can just tell there's a humble spirit of service there in his heart. By far, and I've met a lot of people, and I know a lot of people, one of the the, the most sincerest and most genuine individuals that I've ever met, uh, demeanor and disposition and spirit every day is just like what we've heard and uh, has a sincere heart. I told him, I said, you're the nicest guy I've ever met. He's so nice and he's so genuine. He truly does love God and he truly does love God's people. Yeah. Well, his story of calling, I want to go a little deeper on that in just a moment with you. But, you know, he serves in Chicago, but there's also hospitals in Atlanta and Philadelphia, Phoenix and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Simply call 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. 
Thanks for joining us for this edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our free resource is available online, hospital visitation tips. That's also at the same website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. You know, go back to the conversation you had with Carl here a few moments ago. It was all about calling, wasn't it? Absolutely. And respectfully, Reverend Carl Williamson uh, truly gets it. He understands it. He, 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 He embodies the idea that at the end of the day, this is all about service. This is all about laying laying your life down for your brother uh, in the capacity of serving cancer patients and their caregivers. Uh, he does it with a humble heart and with a spirit, but really based upon feeling uh, privileged that he has been called to serve this community. And I think it's an important distinction because I've met, uh, you know, respectfully several people in ministry who have said to me, uh, I respect what you do, but I don't think I could do it. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's what God's called me to do. Mm-hmm. And and I think that there's something to be said about that, that that's not a negative statement. No, but no, again, no. because I think we all have unique, specialized callings within the context of ministry. Yeah, I believe that too. Absolutely. You know, for example, people who are on the mission field. And, you know, I know you've done a lot of, you know, overseas travel. That that takes a unique oh, yeah. set of dynamics <laughs> to be able to do that and do it well. Yeah. I talked with a man yesterday who lives in Phnom Penh and has for decades serving Christ in Cambodia. Yeah. You know? So again, uh, this, I think the same school of thought with regard to the mission field of cancer of the cancer community has a unique uh, anointing and a unique gifting that is required in order to be in the the trenches, if you will, day in and day out. And Reverend Carl. Uh, embodies the fact that he has and owns the fact that he believes that he's been called and he counts it a privilege to do so. So his calling drives his motivation and his and his inspiration for what he does. And every day he brings that spirit and that disposition to the bedside of patients. But I want to expand this out a bit okay. because it's true that he's called to this specific thing. But in many ways, God calls people to get involved in cancer care ministry, not as a a full-time vocation, but just to help people. Absolutely. And we're sharing Reverend Carl's story through the lens and filter of his ministry as a bedside chaplain. And you're exactly right. And it's an important distinction because one of the things that has hindered uh, some in the faith community to actually embrace the fact that there is ministry to cancer patients that they can commit to was within the context of, well, the Lord didn't call me to be a chaplain or to work inside of a hospital, but on a much broader level, what I do believe God has given us all the spirit and the uh, and integrity to be able to do is to support cancer patients yeah. wherever they are and wherever we are. We're called a compassion. Absolutely. And to love people where they are. And so you don't necessarily need to have a specific calling or have gone to school for a specific training. Or a business card. Or a business card (laughs) or or any such thing. But certainly to be able to be the hands and the feet of Christ to people who are dealing with the the struggles and the trials and the tribulations of being a patient and a caregiver inside of your community, inside of your local church, any one of us can can pick up that mantle and, and to some extent be able to support individuals, if nothing else, to be a good listener, to hear the story and the experience and share the love of Christ with those individuals. Carl told you the story of the man who wanted to speak to the, for lack of a better term, the head man. And he took the time to do that. Absolutely. Because, again, that was a unique and, you know, and I don't know the details of that particular conversation or that gentleman at all. But it led to something important. But it did. And I've been in that scenario and situation being the director or being the head of the department where individuals were like, listen, I want to talk to to that individual. And they had some some pretty 
specific things that they wanted to, to discuss that they felt that they wanted to go to the top of the food chain and and <laughs> and, and, and and decompress that. So yeah, it, and it led to an unbelievable relationship because that's the other side of the coin that cancer care ministry ultimately is about relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 we're creatures that that have been wired that yearn authentic and genuine and organic relationship to a greater or lesser degree. And within this context, what came out of that engagement was this ongoing relationship that mattered most with this individual, particularly when they began to have to talk about the potential of end of life type of dynamics that Reverend Williamson took the time and spent time to really create a strong and consistent relationship with that particular individual. I smiled when he told you that he went knocking on your door and you answer the phone, you answer the door with your the phone on your chest <laughs> saying, how can I help you? I mean, you could have, you could have said, I don't have time to talk with you right now, but you didn't. And, and he gave the abbreviated version of that story because he actually came and saw me, I think, three or four times, and he was very persistent. And so, you know... But you were persistent in listening to him And I well. was, and I was. And and again, I was I was very much moved by his compassion and, and the humbleness of his spirit, but yet his persistence in, I'd really like to sit down and talk about the possibility of doing when this. When you didn't know that there was going to be something open, you didn't know you were moving on. No. To a greater responsibility. I did not. And and at the time when we initially met one another, that was well before even that possibility. But certainly within the time frame of our relationship, after uh, we've worked through, you know, the process, he became a chaplain and we worked through all of those steps. Then there was a season that changed and shifted. And then it became clear that uh, we felt that that Reverend Williamson would, would be an appropriate, you know, uh, successor with regard to what has been done and what continually could be done. And he is still working in that capacity today. And I can certainly say, uh, thank God that uh, that that decision was made and he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Percy, I know that you have a real heart and vision for churches to get involved, so much so that you are a very integral part of setting up the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. And I want our listeners to know about this. This is there to help equip and empower every church in the country to better meet the need of cancer care ministry and those going through cancer care. Now, if you're a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, let me invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities and our monthly informative email newsletter, which I suspect you have a hand in putting together. Just, Just a, little a little bit. bit. Just a yeah, little okay. bit. Okay. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And there at the top of the page, you'll find the Our Journey of Hope logo. Click on that and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. Percy, thanks for all that you're doing to help all of us do a better job. Well, again, let me say this, Wayne. Thank you. I appreciate your love and your companionship with regard to what we do uh, in this endeavor of of communicating to the masses uh, the work of God with regard to supporting cancer patients. My pleasure. So thank you, my friend. All right. Take us back to God's Word. Well, as we close, we always do with a spiritual nugget, and we started with this school of thought found in Galatians, the fifth chapter, verse 13, that basically tells us this. And man, oh man, oh man, did Reverend Williamson embody this thought. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. We heard from a man who humbly and consistently serves God's people 
from the bottom of his heart. He opens up his home to patients. He's done amazing things. And today, be encouraged to go serve someone in your community today who may be struggling with cancer because after all, that's what God has called us to do and be. All right, as we begin to wrap up, don't forget to download hospital visitation tips at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Subscribe to this podcast there at the website. Leave a review on iTunes. Spread the word about health, hope, and inspiration. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae. Thank you, brother. Good to spend time with you. Absolutely. Be blessed and be well. And remember, the best is still yet to come in your life. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.